hello all you bookworms and welcome to Oh for the Love of Books, a show that gives you a bit of narration from the books I read or ones you suggest for me to read on my show. I'm your host, Jessica Vickery, and thank you for joining me on this journey. Cat Macris was a little girl when her father spun wild and outrageous bedtime stories about Babulus, the Greek boogeyman. A lawless creature with a penchant for stealing gold and clashing with the gods. Now Cat was 28, single, a couch potato in a cube farm, when her father goes missing. Without him, she's alone in the world. Before the police can work their mojo, she herself is abducted by a couple of hoods with crooked noses. And she quickly discovers her father's old stories were true. True crime, that is. Babulus is an infamous mob boss in Greece, and Babulus is the one who has Cat holed up in a private plane bound for Greece. Now to find her father, Cat must face the boogeyman. In Chapter 1, we find out that Cat's father, Michael, Michael, is Greek, and he spins tales that seems outrageous to her. She has never met or been to Greece to meet his side of the family. He tells stories about Babulus the boogeyman and says there is no crime in Greece. Her mother died nine years ago, and she goes for dinner every Sunday with her father, where they take turns picking where to eat, and never the same place twice. Also, Cat lives at home, still at twenty-eight but is telling her father she's moving out. And she lives beside an old judge who likes to show himself. Cat can't find her dad at home and finds out from Reggie, the neighbor, he was kidnapped. She meets two of her cousins from Greece who were looking for her father, and they kidnap her. Chapter 2 When I came to... It was in leather pieces, good leather, in soft beige tones. My chin was wet, my eyelids heavy, and there was something thick blocking the I hate you guys in my mouth. Probably my tongue. Help, I said. A face filled my entire visual field. It had a stubble like a bear's butt and garlic breath. It was my second cousin, Stavros. He squinted at me, then vanished. Eh, Dacus, I think she's waking up. My cousin's 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 voice wafted back. Get her a drink. Stavros's face reappeared. Eh, Katerina, you want a drink? I want to go home. Eh, he stood up. She wants to go home. Tell her she is going home, Takis called out. Where am I? Stupid question. I was on a plane. A small plane. A very expensive small plane, judging from the leather seats, carpeted floors, and a distinct lack of other passengers. You are on a plane, Stavros said in a self-satisfied voice like he'd just performed magic. And we're going where? Home, Greece. 
palms up. Where else? I pulled myself into the upright position, more or less. My teeth had a buzz cut and my tongue had acquired a toupee. I needed toothpaste, soap, and a parachute. I can't go to Greece. I don't have a passport. Stavros laughed. He tossed a mouthful of words over one shoulder. Etakis, she can't go to Greece because she doesn't have a passport. Laughter shot back from the front of the plane. Awful, terrible, horrendous realization dawned. Takis was the one flying this thing. We were going to die if that idiot was at the wheel. You do not need a passport, Stavros said. Other people, yes, but not in the Macris family. What makes us so special? More laughter. Real chuckleheads, these guys. They were laughing at everything I said. If they were this hard up for comedy, Greece must be the unfunniest place ever. You will find out. When? Stavros has glanced at his watch. Soon. Specificity wasn't one of his strengths. Dad used to joke about running on Greek time, and now I was seeing for myself that to Greeks, time could be a nebulous construct. Fine, I said, my stomach rumpled, contradicting my mouth. He shot a surprised look at my midsection. Was that you? You kidnapped me at dinner time before my pizza arrived. His eyes went wide. You eat dinner at night? When else would I eat it? Ah, <laughs> you Americans are very funny. He threw some more words to the front of the plane. Hey, Takis. In America, they eat dinner at night. I know. I took America and the boys to the Walt Disney World last year. Very uncivilized, eating dinner at night. Stavros leaned forward, whispered to me. Takis, always he knows everything. If he does not know, he pretends to know. The plane lurched left. I heard that. Takis hollered from the cockpit. Stavros raised his one eyebrow. See? He got up, disappeared into either the restroom or the galley. Are you a vegetarian? He called out. That answered that question. No. Fish or chicken? Chicken. Okay. While he was doing what he was doing, I stood. That went wrong immediately. Bam. I collapsed in a heap in the aisle. The good news was that from the floor, I had a better view of the plane. The plane seated ten. It was lavish in a vaguely gaudy way. Too much gold on things that shouldn't be gold. At the rear of the plane was a short pillar with a silver and blue box on top. A religious diorama, Jesus, the Virgin Mary, and some guys... I didn't recognize from my vantage point on the floor. Don't stand up, Takis called out from the cockpit. You will fall down. Too late for that. What did you give me? 
It is a secret. Hey, you drugged me, bozo. At least be decent enough to tell me what you used. It is a secret from me, also. Babulus tells no one what goes into the potion. All we know is that it makes you sleep. Huh. I wasn't liking this Babulus person too much. Stavros returned carrying a tray. Whatever was on the plate, it was killing me, in a good way. It wasn't chicken or fish. Something like lasagna, but in a different configuration. Pastizio. Pastizio, he confirmed. Babulus made it for you. I pushed it away, ignoring the siren call of hot meat and cheesy sauce. It smelled like heaven. But Babulus had technically drugged me, which meant the food was suspect, no matter how much I wanted to shovel it into my mouth. Where's my father? Do you have any idea who took him? We do not know. Babulus will have some ideas, yes. But we do not know for sure. What do you know? Eh, Stavros said, I know Babulus Pastizio is the best. Through the oval window I saw Greece for the first time. Not love at first sight, but close. As we approached the ground... I couldn't help noticing Greece was like an aging drag queen. A thousand feet up in the air, she was magnificent, a swirl of blue and green skirts. But up close, her wrinkles were road-shaped and her complexion was looking a little smoggy. To his credit, Tachis didn't totally suck as a pilot. The plane landed without crashing or exploding in a huge fireball. Where are we? I asked as the plane taxied. Stavros looked at me like I'd lost my marbles. Greeks are very touchy about losing marbles. Since Lord Elgin helped himself to Acropolis's goodies back in the 1800s. Greece? I waved my hand. I know that. Where in Greece? Volos, a private airstrip. Who owns it? Tachis laughed in the cockpit. We do. The plane rolled to a stop. Not far away on the cracked and faded tarmac, a black limo was waiting. It had dark windows and a mirror shine. Fancy. The driver's side window rolled down as the two goobers escorted me down the steps. Limousines came with certain expectations. Minibars, sunroofs to projectile vomit through on the way home from prom, and uniform drivers with leather gloves. This one had a definite lack of uniform driver. There was a driver behind the wheel, but she was ancient and built like an egg. Stooped shoulders, iron and white hair beaten back into a face-stretching bun. She wore black like she'd heard they were casting for The Godfather Part 5. Definitely a widow. Once an Older Greek woman's husband dies, that's it. You like colors? Tough cookies, no color for you. You want colors? Put them on your wall. But if you wear them, you're saying I whiz on my dead husband. The limo driver wasn't whizzing on her dead husband. Not now, not ever. 
She looked me up and down, hand cupped over her eyes, even though it was. I looked back at Larry and Mo. What time is it? Almost ten at night. As if that wasn't obvious by the rapidly darkening sky. Hand cupped over her eyes, even though it was almost ten at night. Then she said, I thought you would be fatter. Fatter than what? I asked. Fatter than the Greek girls. Americans are fat, unless they are on TV. Then they are too skinny. Those girls are like bobbleheads. So sad. I, whatever I was going to say next, it died in my throat and slid back down to wherever unspoken words go. You are Katerina, yes? She continued. I nodded because those dying words were blocking the way of new ones. Her attention slid to the stooges. Where is Michel? Takis prodded me with his finger. Tell her. Why do I have to tell her? You abducted me. No, you tell her, he said. That's why we brought you. I summed up all my indignation, which wasn't all that impressive, frankly. Exhaustion, stress, fear, and a slug of sleeping juice had taken its toll. I wanted to cut a bozo, but not until after a long, hard nap. Hands on hips, I said. You drugged me and abducted me so I could do your dirty work? He shrugged. Yes? Ugh, I turned back to the little old granny. My father was maybe kidnapped by two guys who looked like Italian mobsters. Like us, Taka said proudly. I glared at him. I need to be at home, now. If there's a ransom call, I need to be there. Huh, Stavros said. She thinks this is Star Trek. Beam me up, Scotty. Wait. I looked from Takis to Stavros and back again. I pointed to Takis. I thought you were the asshole, not him. The old woman rocked back and forth in her seat, howling with laughter. They are both assholes. But in this business, you need good assholes. Get in the car, Katrina. These are dangerous times for the family if your father has truly been kidnapped. And I want to get home fast. It was a natural reaction the way I reached for the back door. It was equally natural the way I leapt back when the old woman made a tsk noise. In the front, she barked. But, Takis started. You two Malakas get in the back. I want to look at the girl, okay? You do not like it? Walk. My abrupt departure from American soil meant I was traveling light. My alleged relatives had packed me a small bag I remembered from the back of my closet, and now Takis was stuffing my handbag into my arms. I peeked inside. Tampons. Tampons everywhere. In case you are bleeding, he said. You are in very bad mood. My head wanted to explode. You pushed into my place uninvited, then you drugged me, then you abduct me. I ticked off each item on my fingers. Of course I'm in a bad mood. My Virgin Mary, the old woman cursed. You went into her house uninvited? What are we animals now? Are we the Kafalas family? 
We do not go into a home uninvited unless they are enemy. Never. We are better than that. Apologize. Two not-that-sorry faces shone back at me from the back seat. She repeated the order. Apologize. We are sorry, Taka said. Very sorry, Stavros said. The old woman fixed her dark eyes on my face. Do they look sorry to you? Not really. A laugh split her face in two. Too bad you are my granddaughter. What I need is my son. My brain sputtered. I wasn't a fan of surprises. And tonight it had been slammed with cream pies. Clown style. My grandmother. How could she be my grandmother? Until this moment, I didn't even know I had a grandmother. Although biology suggested it was a probability unless dad had been spawned in a secret underground laboratory. In the absence of contrary evidence, I was inclined to believe the old woman. She did have a miniature version of dad's nose glued to the center of her face. I needed time to process, but first, I needed to hear what this babulous person had to say about dad's possible kidnapping. Then the plan was to throw myself at the mercy of the U.S. Embassy in Athens. Mine completely boggled, I buckled into the limousine's passenger seat, cradling my precious bag of tampons. You are tall, the woman who claimed to be my grandmother said. I used to be tall. Now look at me. The chuckleheads in the back seat laughed right on cue. I'm not that tall. Five four on a good day. And only in the morning. It's all downhill once gravity kicks in. My alleged grandmother had to be five foot at a stretch, judging from how far forward she had to scoot the seat. At five nine, my father wasn't a big man either. The limo jerked to life. Granny had a heavy foot. The way the black car lurched forward, I was guessing her bones were lead. I shot a glance behind me. Both stooges had lost all their color. They were gripping the handholds, one-handed, frantically crossing themselves with the other. God help us, Stavros muttered. She is not supposed to be driving. At that, the old woman cackled. My attention turned to her profile. I'd seen it before in my father's head. Funny, I always assumed he resembled my grandfather. But no, here was the same long, serious nose, same full lips and slightly pointed chin. Like some kid mistook her and dad for Mr. and Mrs. Potato Head and swapped their bits and pieces. I sagged slightly in the seat. So you're really my grandmother? Look at your nose. She leaned over, wheels swerving and flipping down the sun visor. Predictably, it had a mirror. And sure enough, there was our nose. Do you bake cookies? Yes. Do you knit? I knit. Also, I crochet and do needlepoint. It was true. She could be someone's grandmother. Maybe even mine. Do you know anything about my father's potential kidnapping? Her gaze flicked to the rearview mirror, 
and the reflection of the penitent men in the seat behind us. What did you tell her? Nothing, Taka said. Almost nothing, Stavros added. Which is it, nothing or almost nothing, because those are two very different things. Smart woman, my grandmother. Nothing, Takis affirmed. Almost, I said. Granny glided to a stop. She turned around, shot eye daggers into the limo's back seat. Takis held up both hands. We said maybe the family had some ideas where he was, and this is all I swear. My grandmother looked at me. I nodded. Her deadly stink eye went back into hiding. With a head-snapping jerk, the limo was on the move again. A sharp acid odor wafted over my quarter of the limo. Smelled like the backside of one of those sad bars where all the customers are live-ins. Virgin Mary, help me. Stavro said, eyes closed. I pissed my pants. Taka scooted towards the door. The old woman patted my leg. He does that all the time. It's true, Taka said, head bobbing like a parrot. All the time. Once we were fighting with drug dealers and he shit his pants. Stavros threw a punch at his arm. Galotrippa. The universal translator in my head. Okay, it only worked with Greek and a few words of Spanish, including but not limited to food products ground the insult into palatable English for me. Colos was a butt, Trippa was a hole. Boys, she shook her head. That is a true story. We tell that one every time the family gets together. Even the drug dealers laugh now when they see Stavros. They call him Cacavracas. Poopy pants. Fights with drug dealers? Crapping pants? What I wanted now was to cut myself out of the family tree. No wonder Dad bolted from these crazies. And I had a horrible, gnawing sort of feeling that this was one of those you-ain't-seen-nothing-yet situations. We were on the move again, limo slicing down the road, tires blistering the blacktop. I'd spent so much time gawking at my idiot cousins that I'd barely had a chance to look outside. Darkness. More darkness. And look at that. More darkness. Night had hastily thrown a blanket over the country. This part of Greece, so far, was very dark. But an ancient kind of darkness. The kind that could hide insane gods and bizarro mythical creatures. The way my day was going... I have expected a minotaur to leap out of the bushes and hulk smash the limo. The headlights revealed a short stretch of road that looked like something out of a horror movie. Gnarled and grumpy trees along the sides reached for us. A faded line marked the center of the road, barely keeping us on course. The road's edges suggested something inhuman had been gnawing at the blacktop. Then my grandmother said, Uh-oh. It is the police. It would be a little scary to wake up in a nice private plane. And to find out your long-lost family 
has enough money to own their own airstrip? Then, to be picked up in a limo with a very elderly woman all dressed in black, driving it just to find out? She's your grandmother, and the one they call Babulas. And when it seemed the only reason she was kidnapped was to tell Babulas that Michal was kidnapped. I will apologize again for my mispronouncing of any Greek words. Let's see what shenanigans happens next week in Chapter 3. Well, that concludes my episode for today. I want to thank you all for taking the time to listen to me talk. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you like my podcast, please subscribe to my show or send me an email to justbigvoice at outlook.com. That's J-E-S-S-B-I-C-V-O-I-C-E at outlook.com with suggestions of books for me to read on the show. Thank you again, and please join me next week on Oh, for the Love of Books. And as always, dream big and keep reading.